Thank you for listening to Roots and Wings, a podcast produced by the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. I'm Jonquil Newland, the director of Kids Central TN. These are uncertain times, folks, and you've likely never lived through a global pandemic before and really don't know how to answer your kids' questions or ease their fears when you are, in fact, unsure or scared yourself. Well, on this episode of Roots and Wings, we're talking all things COVID-19 and how best to talk with your kids about this global pandemic. To help me through this conversation, I'm joined by local pediatrician, Dr. Carolina Clark with the Tennessee Department of Health. Dr. Clark, thank you so much for being a guest on Roots and Wings. Thank you so much for having me. How have you been doing? Let me just ask you first. I know health experts across the world right now are getting a lot of recognition. How are you? Thankfully, I'm doing fine. I know I'm um, really you know, blessed to, um, to be wor- able to work in this field and, uh, and to to help others through this pan- global pandemic, um, through these uncertain times, and um, and thankful that um, that I um, thankful that my family is safe and that we're we're doing well. Yeah. Thanks for asking. I, I, no problem. It's um, something, and I, I, as a former journalist, I kind of think about them too. Folks who are on in the field, on the front lines, for lack of better words, and and even the first responders. Thank you to everyone who's who's an essential worker at this moment and, and continuing through their lives. Um, so let's just dive into this conversation, shall we? I know. For several weeks now, Dr. Clark, it's been constant news coverage and daily updates regarding COVID-19 and the number of cases and the number of deaths. And those numbers are changing daily, almost hourly, uh, we should say. But can you tell us from the perspective of the Tennessee Department of Health, how is the state of Tennessee faring? So the state um, was prepared and really ready to respond um, to this rapidly evolving situation um, in, a, in a coordinated way. Um, hundreds of public health staff have been working closely with the CDC, working with state and um, local, I'm sorry, local and regional health departments um, and other organizations, um, healthcare providers, um, to really to protect Tennesseans as best we can. Um, I will mention just some of the ongoing um, Department of Health activities. Um, You know, we have been supporting the um, local assessment sites or testing sites across Tennessee and um, including those assessment sites on our website as more and more become available. Um, We have been uh, maintaining uh, testing through our state public health lab, uh, operating the informational phone lines for the public and getting tons of phone calls um, a day. We also operate a clinician uh, phone line and um, have received, um, really as of last week, more than 5,000 calls since January. Um, But it's been great to be able to speak to uh, clinicians who are out there across the state and be able to uh, work together, you know, through this and provide guidance where we can. Um, Also, the Department of Health has been able to share information um, to the public and, you know, a big focus has been on what can people do to prevent the the continued spread of COVID-19. Um, and, um, and I would recommend that for people listening, if they haven't visited the tn.gov slash health COVID-19 website, that they, um, it would be great um, if people can visit it. It does have uh, updated information on not only case numbers, but also uh, guidance for the public, and it's continuously updated. So that is a great resource for the public. 
Um, but yeah, as you know, this is a rapidly evolving situation and um, we are just thankful for the collaboration and just if everyone does their part in, in trying to limit the spread of COVID-19, um, you know, we feel confident that we can get through this together. Very well put, Dr. Clark. I know as a pediatrician, you specifically work with children a lot. And thankfully, at least when it comes to COVID-19, it doesn't really appear that there are a lot of young children getting sick. However, that doesn't mean they still aren't being infected and can kind of pass it on. Um, can you talk a little bit about just what your advice is for parents who really have a house full of young kids right now? Sure. Yes, at me, yes as you mentioned, um, children do not appear to be at higher risk than adults um, based on the, the evidence that we have at this moment. And um, children in general have mild symptoms um, as in comparison to adults. Um, you know, just I think teaching kids what they can do to limit the spread of, uh, of germs in general is incredibly helpful. Uh, teaching them to wash their hands for at least 20 seconds um, and, uh, and, and to wash their hands often. Um, how to sneeze you know, in their in their elbow, those kind of things that they can they can take control of and, and do themselves. And talking to them about why it's important to um, you know, to stay inside and and uh, to postpone play dates until a later time. But those things that parents can teach their kids are incredibly important at this time. You mentioned kind of postponing play dates and, and obviously all of our lives are changing, at least temporarily for now. Um, and for, it's for young kids specifically, but not even young kids going into younger adolescents or teenagers, sometimes it can be really difficult to have these kind of conversations with young kids and uh, just adolescents in general. Would you say it's better to let them come to you for questions if they have any, or should you begin these conversations with your kids? I think that you know, if parents or um, caregivers haven't uh, talked to their kids about COVID-19 already, I would definitely um, start that conversation. Um, and I would just start by asking their kids, you know, what they've heard, um, you know, as you mentioned at the beginning, that it's just it's been on the media all the time, and so it, they've likely heard something about COVID nineteen, and uh, and just at first asking them what they know um, can help you address misconceptions, misunderstandings right away. Um, so that can be incredibly helpful. Um, I would also ask them how they're feeling um, about it, and it, by asking that, you can validate their feelings. Uh, and also provide reassurance just whenever you can. Um, and it, it, it it's important to keep in mind that it is an ongoing conversation and to let your kids know that, that they can come to you whenever and they um, have additional questions or something pops into their mind. Um, and just making sure that you are giving that time and space to talk through this um, and to make yourself available to answer questions. I also think right now, as the weeks are progressing, Dr. Clark, uh, you know, it's now we're beginning to know someone or be directly impacted or connected to someone who has either been diagnosed or is having complications of COVID-19. Um, and at that point, I'm sure there will be more conversations happening throughout families across Tennessee. Definitely. And, um, you know, when, one thing that's important to keep in mind is that kids do pick up when parents are stressed or anxious. So I think it's important as best as best we can to make sure that we're in a good place to have, to first have those conversa conversations with kids to make sure that um, that we um, are, can have the conversation in a calm way and uh, and one that's um, you know honest with kids that. It, 
but in, a, in a, but talk about it in a way that's developmentally appropriate um, to the particular child. Um, but you're but you're right; it is important to, to talk through this. Yeah. Uh, this week we are recording this uh, the last few days of March, just beginning to move into April, and Governor Lee has announced a um, a safe at home initiative, and many families have already for several weeks been practicing safe at home social distancing practices, and likely by this point they may be going through a little bit of um, sanity check, <laughs> for lack of better words. Family boredom may be beginning to take over from now, and we have several weeks to go, as, as we know. What kind of advice do you have, or do you have any ideas for at-home activities to help pass the time for families? Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, thankfully, there are a lot of online educational curriculums, even either provided directly from the school or other resources um, that are online and free. You know, Scholastic is one that comes to mind. Why it may be important for a lot of families to utilize a curriculum, I mean, using this opportunity to really delve into your, um, as particular topic that your child might be curious about, um, you know, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to have them just really explore and um, and kind of do some independent learning. Um, I would also, you know, get outside as much as possible. It's good for everyone, good for our mental health, good for our physical health. And, um, you know, as long as um, groups of people aren't gathering when they're outside, it's, it's totally fine to walk or run or bike or get on the scooter. Um I would also take advantage of, um, you know, if it's a rainy day, take advantage of the many, um, you know, workouts or in apps and over that, that that families can use to do yoga or um, or those kind of mindfulness activities. The list can be endless. A family dance party it does not have to be, you know, anything complicated. So, Dr. Clark, as families have been practicing social distancing for quite some time now, I know there's a lot of parents who have questions about setting up an itinerary for their kids or whether they need to to actually follow that schedule for schedule. Not, well, you know what I'm saying. Um, but do you think, I mean, is it good to have a routine for families or some type of structure at all? Or or what do you? What would you say as a pediatrician? Definitely. I mean, I think maintaining that structure is incredibly helpful. Um, I would um, ha- it, it, um, get your kids involved in actually making the daily schedule um, and post it somewhere where it's visible um, for, to everyone. And then I can, can include the kids' schedule, but also the parents' schedule. So for parents who are working from home, um, that way kids know, you know, when parents can take breaks from work as well and when when those um, family activities can happen. But maintaining a structure is incredibly important during this time. You know, I would continue to um, have breakfast at the same time and have your kids get ready just as they normally would um, and continue to um, have snacks and meals at the at the same time. Um, And um, and and it's just incredible important to also build in um, those those breaks, those breaks for physical activity um, or for playtime. But definitely structures structure can be incredibly important during this time. I've also got a lot of feedback a lot in regards to screen time, because I know a lot of parents, especially if they are
are working from home and their kids are at home and, you know, it's, it's very easy to give a child a device and be like, entertain yourself or do something. I need to get this work done. Should, I mean, is that, should they parents be allowed a little bit more leeway of screen time during this time of being safe at home? Or uh, or what, what's your thoughts on that? Sure, and that's a great question. Um, I think for a lot of kids, uh, screen time will go up, but just if only for um, the reason that a lot of schools are moving to a remote learning experience. Um, I think it, limits are still incredibly important during this time. Um, so, you know, prior to COVID-19, I always used to recommend that families come up with a, a family media plan and set strict limits as far as when devices can be used and when they need to be turned off. And those limits are still, you know, important even during this time. So making a plan as as far as when the devices are going to be used, when, when, when is screen time okay, um, but also making sure they're not interfering with sleep or physical activity or family time. Um, it, it's also important to um, to consider ways that you can use media or screen time for good. You know, think about connecting with family or friends and or doing virtual play dates. Um, and, you know, that can really help with the the social connection that we all really need. Um, and and there are a lot of benefits to um, to the media. You know, beyond remote learning, a lot of um, a lot of uh, you know even artists and others are are providing um, activities for for kids to do. Um, so there's definitely are benefits in and there are ways to use media for good. Um, so when you are when parents are using media, um, it's still important to uh, choose good quality um, programs or apps. I would use a trusted resource for that. Um, one um, resource is CommonSenseMedia.org. Um, they um, can provide suggestions, that resource can provide suggestions for high quality programs or apps. Um, I would also, as much as possible, you know, use media together, you know, with your kids. So whether that's Zooming with friends or family or, um, or kind of sitting with your child as they are doing something on the iPad or, or tablet. Um, I mean, it can also be a good opportunity to see kind of what they actually are up to up to on their devices. Um, and um, so those are some ways where I where media can still be um, used for good, but then with limits in place. I think that I think a lot of parents are probably sighing with a little bit of a relief. <laughs> I'm like, yes, there are definitely ways that it's, it's good as a family to be all kind of interacting together uh, on these devices that I know every child has. <laughs> um, you mentioned something a little while back, Dr. Clark, that I wanted to bring back, and it was just kind of just the, the fact that we're hardwired to be with people, to, to want to connect with people. And during this time of being safe at home, I'm sure there's lots of youth and adolescents who may already be struggling with thoughts of isolation and depression. Um, and during this time, th- that could be magnified. What could you say to adults in that may be involved in these youth's lives or, or maybe even some signs to look out for in case these, these troubled youth may be... S- 
challenged a little bit more during this time. Definitely. No, it's a challenging time for so many people. Um, there's the, you know, the pandemic itself, then the stress and worry about the pandemic, and then you add in social distancing, um, which could lead to social isolation um, for people. Um, and it just, it can be incredibly stressful for um, for, for for all of us. Um, I, you know, some, some things for people to keep in mind are first to kind of know, um, you know, your symptoms or I guess signs of when your mental health is being impacted um, and for parents to know those kind of signs and symptoms of, um, of when their child's mental health is being impacted, um, whether it's becoming more irritable or kind of losing interest in things that used to, um, that their kids or, or people used to find um, enjoyable. But kind of being aware of those signs um, is incredibly important. And then um, and then knowing um, that there are many resources and people out there to help. If a child or um, adult doesn't already have a mental health provider, um, they um, they can access, there are many state resources they can access. There's the, the Tennessee Crisis Line. There's the um, Tennessee Le- um Red line. There is the um, the suicide prevention um, phone line, um, but knowing that those resources are there and um, not hesitating to reach out to your primary care provider um, or mental health provider, um, especially since so many are transitioning to telehealth, um, which um, so they're still available to to meet for appointments. Knowing potential signs, knowing that there are resources and that people are not alone, um, but then also. Also, knowing um, what has worked in the past, you know, to to um, help with um, your to impact your well-being or, or improve your mental health, um, whether that's taking a walk or run or um, you know in, engaging in a project or a puzzle or yoga or, med- or mindfulness activities, um, just making sure that you're taking time to take care of yourself and to still do those activities that that um are, are enjoyable and and um, and help our and help your well-being um so those are those are some tips for during this time that can be incredibly stressful thank you so much for sharing those and and i'd like to also point out and plug in for lack of better words uh many of the the hotlines and the crisis lines that dr clark just mentioned can also be found on kidscentraltn.com which is a a great information hub um with every single state service that's available for tennessee families you can find it there as well uh so i'd I'd like to make sure we point that out dr clark are there any other websites that you would mention that you really make sure is a is a hub for information in case families want to go straight there and just find the resources. Um, besides KidsCentralTN.com, um, the Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, the, the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, uh, I mentioned the Tennessee Suicide Prevention Network is a great resources resource, and um, the help is available, you know, twenty four seven through the state crisis line, which is one eight five five crisis one. Um, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one eight hundred two seven three talk. Um, there's also a crisis text line. A lot of people might prefer the text line, and that's um, you would text TN to 741741. Um, I also mentioned the Tennessee Red Line, which is um, 1-800-889-9789, and that provides um, accurate, up-to-date alcohol, drug, or other addiction information um, and referrals for Tennesseans. 
Thank you so much for sharing that information, Dr. Clark. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch base with regarding COVID-19? Just any other information that you want to make sure our Tennessee families know about? Um, you know, I think just staying connected um, during this time is incredibly important and knowing that we're all in this together. As far as talking with kids, I would just continue to remind them that all the adults in their lives, um, including the parents and caregivers, but also um, healthcare providers, community leaders, government leaders are all um, working on this to get through this, this pandemic. And it's important that we all participate in this. Yeah. Great advice. Thank you so much again, Dr. Clark. And thank you to our listeners. This has been another episode of Roots and Wings. I'm Jonquil Newland.